This is Umar Ahmed for ISL TV in association with MTK Global at the top of the villa. We've worked our way up with Ben Davison. Um, yeah, everything's flying in Cap, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, all good. Um, nice to be in the nice weather. And nice to be back together, um, you know, after all the, the pandemic issues and that. Yeah, of course, we've had some good news today, Ben. Um, let this bid man go. That's some good news that uh, in October in the UK there will be fans allowed at sporting events. We don't know how many, but some positive news. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, it's definitely needed. I mean, obviously I'm not an expert on coronavirus, no? but I think that, uh, <laughs> I think that um, sport and especially football will struggle. You know, a lot of clubs will struggle without um, the support of fans and I think it, it it could affect certain boxers' performances as well, you know, that the atmosphere and the thriving off the fans, especially for someone like Josh who, who sells out arenas and, you know, has, has effectively a, a country behind him, you know, I think he thrives off of that. So, yeah, it's definitely a positive and uh, looking forward to, to things hopefully going back to normal as soon as possible. Um, obviously, it's not my decision. Firstly, but just thinking from a common sense uh, perspective, yeah. yeah, you know, I think that is something that that definitely could be looked at. I mean, I don't know um, if the fight's taking place in 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 the UK and this side of of the shores. Then, I suppose the the, the amount that Top Rank are putting into it and ESPN put into into the show would depend on how much it would make sense for it to go ahead without crowds or waiting for crowds to be back. Like I said before, Josh sells out arenas, so um, obviously that generates plenty of income. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see, like I say, it's not down to my decision, but, uh, and working out all the numbers, if it makes sense for, for top rank, for MTK, BT Sport, then I suppose that, that Will be something that they'll be looking at. So let me ask, what were you working to initially? Was it September date, roughly? Yeah, we, we was told uh, a date in September. Um, so that's sort of what we was working out without the, you know, sort of going direct into a, a live camp right away. But, um, you know, if it, if it is a, a a point in September, we've had to now take it as a live camp and bring sparring in and find some, some fine details. Um, but we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. But until then, we'll be preparing for September. So you've been here for what three weeks now, I want to say? Four weeks, I think. Yeah, and you're planning what a couple of more weeks here? Yeah, we'll play it by year. I'm setting up a my gyms through the process of being built. Um, so if I can get it to a point where we'll be able to use the facility uh, then then oh. very rude sorry mate then do you mind if I quickly take this cool. alright just picking this back up with Ben yeah you mentioned you're opening up uh, your own gym yeah have a small Ben yeah uh, it's an MTK performance centre 
Um, so it's gonna obviously it's gonna be uh, um, boxing based, but the, all the the latest equipment um, to prepare an athlete to be be able to perform at, at peak performance. Um, but like I say, it's being built at the, at the minute. So if we can get to a point where we can use the facility um, within time, that makes sense for for Josh's camp, which hopefully will be in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it should be should be able to to make use of it. Um, so for for the moment, we'll be here. Yeah, until then. You able to say where it is in the UK? It's in Essex, Harlow, Essex. So you mentioned. Uh, boxing oriented obviously but it's, I'm guessing it's not going to be like an amateur class on a Thursday night is it going to be more geared towards elite performance basically? yeah it's geared to elite performance it's got uh, some top class physios going in there um, you know the, the, the best of equipment from the strength and strength and conditioning side of, side of things um, which I'm probably not the best to talk about because I have a limited knowledge on that, but I've got somebody there that's advising and uh, organising all that, so that it's, it's got everything that um, that we would need and some to make sure that the boxers can perform at every little edge, and that's the, they're the, the key little bits, you know. And that's the, especially with someone like Billy Joe, someone like Josh, they're at the top of the sport. So now it's those small percentages, and if you can nick half a percent, nick one percent, nick two percent over four or five different things that they're already doing, but just improving them. You know, four or five, two percent is ten percent, and that can be the difference between winning and losing, or taking over and not taking over. You've been with Josh for a while now, but in terms of actually doing stuff in the gym, obviously there was that whole lockdown period. So, mm. boxing-wise, you haven't had too long with him, have you? No, probably four weeks here, ten weeks in total, probably. Seen many changes or improvements? Yeah, definitely it's getting there. It's just, it's just, and like I said before, Shane's a great coach, done fantastic things with him. And it's it's just, I'm sure there's certain things there that Shane would have been wanting to, to work on and improve in the long-term plan. So it's just about making those little adjustments along the way. He's had success for a reason. Um, and it's not about changing him, it's just fine-tuning making some adaptions, a little bit smarter. And in terms of outside the ring, little things, just fine-tuning his nutrition, um, and fine-tuning his strength and conditioning, and making it very individualized so that we can get the best out of, out of Josh and what Josh needs. You know, what, what Josh needs isn't gonna be exactly what Billy Joe needs, and vice versa. And then you've got Shabazz in this. You know, it's got to be individualized, and if we can work out and profile them as their own athletes and then work on making them the best they can be as opposed to working out what Billy Joe needs and doing that the same for everybody. We want to try and work out exactly what each fighter needs and like I say when you can nick a few percent from each little area nutrition, strength, conditioning and his boxing. Um, and his recovery, that's five five things there. And 2% is not a lot, you know, not a lot of adjustments you need to gain 2% in each area. So if you're gaining a few percent, five, six, seven, 10% in each area, you know, it can make a massive difference. So that's what we're looking at doing.
and I feel like we'll see the benefit of that in the long run. It's pretty clear what uh, Josh's path is. Um, he's got his mandatory defence against Kong Song, and then, you know, hopefully um, the undisputed fight with Ramirez happens if he beats Postal. Mm. Um, and then I think, you know, Josh has said himself that he perhaps wants to move to 47 and challenge himself to become a two-weight world champion. Who knows the, the Crawford fight? Uh, might land, they're both in top rank. So, in, in a sense, Josh's future is clear. Not the same with Billy Joe. Um, obviously, everyone in boxing at the moment is talking about Billy Joe's situation, um, ruling himself out the Canelo fight. Do you want to just tell us, from your perspective, why that's happened, Ben? Um, he's not ruled himself out of a fight. For this September? He's not ruled himself out of a fight against Canelo. He's ruled himself out of being in contention. There wasn't you're going in at September, this is the offer. There was rumours flying around of, of, of a hugely decreased offer. And Billy Joe had some situations that he spoke about within his family that you know wasn't ideal. And I know many people would have suffered similar sort of things through the lockdown. So he wasn't in a position to remain as focused as he could have been if everything was running smooth. So he basically said, September's out for me because I'm not turning up just for a paycheck. He don't just need whatever it is. Now some people, yeah, and there's always two ways of looking at it. Some people will say, oh, you know, he don't want to fight. And then some people, well, oh, he's only doing it for the money. Well, which one is it? Because if he don't want to fight, then what's he in it for? So if it's about the money, why has he turned down a big money fight? Well, he's not turned down a big money fight, but why has he ruled himself out if it's just about the money of this this uh, September? Because he's not here for the money. He's not here for. He's here to be the best, and he wants to be the best. And he's not a. a he's being realistic. If I'm not 100%, I don't win that fight. And you have to admire that. Boxing fans have to admire that, and I admire that. He wants to be 100%, he wants to be 100% right. You don't want to sit back and go, do you know what, I took that fight because it was good money. And I knew I wasn't quite going to be right. Like Boxing fans should respect that, and I respect that. That he wants to make sure he's 100% and wants to take that fight at the right time so that he's got no excuses and he can't sit back in years to come and go, what if? I want to be 100% and I want to, you know, if I get beat, I get beat by the better man. Don't let don't let Billy Joe beat Billy Joe before the fights even took place. So what are you saying? Are you saying that even if the purse was doubled from Golden Boy's offer, that it wouldn't have happened? Would it still wouldn't have happened. But he said, take me out of contention because September's not going to be right. And obviously the situation was what it was in terms of the money anyway. So. He's got in his contract what that fight is for him, what that fight's worth and what, what, what he should be getting from that fight. So contracts are there so that they don't get broken. Can't be one rule for one and one rule for another. So he'll be sticking to that. And that's the first point. And the other point is that he wants to be 100% going into that fight. And I can only respect that. So it sounds like a double whammy then. Firstly, he won't be ready in time and he wants to be 100% bang on, ready for a, a, a legacy uh, defining fight uh, against Canelo. And to add to that, the money has been significantly reduced. Yes. So it's like a no-brainer, really. It's a no-brainer. And 
people can have their own opinions, but in my opinion, I respect the fact that he wants to be 100% for that fight and isn't just going to take what's on offer so that he can get a few quid out, out of it. He's earned money, he's got plenty of money, he doesn't need to do that. What he's chasing now is a fight to secure that he's the best man in the world and to be able to really sit back in years to come and answer that question, you have to be 100% going into that fight or as close to 100% as you can be. I get that Canelo's the, the biggest star in the sport or one of, um, he's the cash cow etc. But I think people forget he's a two-weight world champion, Billy Joe Saunders, and brings his own uh, value and worth to the table. He's not just uh, some fighter who's just got a call and luckily got a Canelo shot. No, and, and, and it, he's been a world champion since 2015, yeah. you know. He's, yeah. beat, he's beat Eubank, beat John Ryder, beat Andy Lee, beat David Lemieux, beat Willie Monroe. Um, he's got a good resume behind him and you know he, he's been chasing that that fight and that's the fight that he wants but he's not just going to take it on, on any terms he's going to take it so that like I say years to come he can answer whether he was the man that he thought he was or or you know the best man may the best man win type of thing then you can only respect that like I say so let me ask about potential opponents then there are stack of people at 68, big names, Danny Jacobs, Callum Smith, obviously Andrade may move up and these guys are all with Eddie Hearn, um, so there's no sort of cross-promotional cross stuff going on. Um, there's also Eubank Jr, obviously Billy's had his back and forth recently on Twitter. First, let's start with Eubank Jr, is that a fight that you and Billy would entertain? Listen, it's not my, that's not my decision. Uh to say what he'd entertain or not. Um, that would be up to him. What do you think about that? Like, what do I think about that? I think that the fight went the way that it did and that was probably as well as it would go for Eubank. I think now it'd be a lot harder fight. I think the Eubank's improved, but I think Billy Joe's improved more. Um, people go, oh, what about this? What about that? Over a couple of performances, but when he turns it on, you know, he turns it on. So, that's my opinion. I think that Eubank's a good fighter, but I just think that stylistically, um, it's not an ideal fight for him. I mean, the Korobov fight, although it was early on, wasn't going ideal for him. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Eubank had come on strong later in that fight. But Billy Joe's a lot stronger than what people think, so he wouldn't be bullying Billy Joe around. And all this, Billy Joe against Canelo, people expecting him to go on the run. That wouldn't be happening. Um, you can't go on the run against Canelo because he'll cut you off and hunt you down. So, that's my opinion on it. Whether it'd be entertained or not is, is up to uh, is up to him and MTK. How do you rate the other fights I mentioned? Do you know what? Do you know what? It's one of them, it? These are sort of probably like my opinion wouldn't have changed from the last time that I've been asked those you know you've probably asked me those questions so the only thing that changes is the situation so I, I, the way I look at it is what's the long-term plan he wants to fight Canelo who's looked at as pound for pound best by some and the best in in middle and super middleweight so how does that happen what is Canelo's plan does he box in September against a what's called lesser opponent? Does he box if that's the case and it's an early fight? Does he fight again in December? Um, 
if he doesn't, does he box him? Does he just wait until we box September and May? Who's his ideal opponent for May? What's Golovkin's plans? You know, you have to look at these things. Billy Joe wants to wants to fight. Um, wants to fight with Canelo. So, if Canelo is going to box again in December, is that an option for Billy Joe? If it's only May, and Golovkin still wouldn't have had his IBF situation. You have to look at the big picture, so it's a bit of a difficult, sticky situation, as, as you said before. So you have to just, you know, that that's that's the management's job. That's why I can't really say too much on not, it. Not in terms of fight him then, etc. I'm just saying, how do you rate these fights in terms of if they were to be made to the likes of Andrade, Danny Jacobs, Smith? Danny Jacobs, very good fighter, technically very good, um, well-rounded. Um, but just a little bit too textbook to cause a problem for Billy Joe, in my opinion. Demetrius? Good fighter, skillful. Billy Joe loves boxing southpaws, makes too many fundamental mistakes, gets away with fundamental mistakes because of his size and his reach and his height and his length and his athleticism, but against Billy Joe he won't get away with that. Um, his technical flaws will end up being used against him. And then effectively because of that his athleticism will be used against him. So that's how I see that fight. Potentially stoppage for Billy Joe Smith. Callum? Yeah. Very good fighter. Um, you know, you can't again, people saying, oh Ryder gave him a close fight and blah blah blah. John Ryder's a good fighter. You can't just go off one performance either. I think Callum Smith's a well, first of all, he's the frame of a cruiserweight. He's massive. Um, he can punch good quality boxer, I really highly rate him, um, and it, that would be a fight where, again, Callum's frame, we would potentially use that against him, try to use that against him, but then Callum would try to use his size advantage, Billy Joe's lack of size advantage, against him, so it'd be an interesting one, it would be an interesting one. Um, but obviously I favour Billy Joe to come through that, Billy Joe's always done well against that, that that style of opponent who's tall, um, a bit bigger and a bit slower than, than he is, and less agile. So it would, uh, you know, obviously I fancy Billy Joe with that, but I really like Callum, I really like the family, and I think he's a very, very good fighter as well. All right, well, that's Billy Josh covered. Obviously, we spoke uh, about Shabazz yesterday. We did that joint interview uh, with Shabazz. Let me just ask you about uh, one of your old fighters, won two awards, I believe, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, for his book. Day before, wasn't it? Was it the day before? I think so, yeah. Uh, the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury. Um, yeah, what, what did you think about when you saw that? Yeah, brilliant. It was a brilliant book. Um, and I think that book's helped a lot of people, in sport, out of sport. I think he's well deserved the award. Um, he put a lot of time into it. When I met him, he was already started the book. Um, so, you know, congratulations and. I think he's well deserved in my opinion. Do you believe a, a similar outcome or a similar fight in the trilogy as we saw in the rematch, Ben? Uh, no, I don't. I don't actually. Okay. I see a, no, I see a completely different um, approach from Wilder. I think his approach will be that of... I think in the second fight his approach was I'm going to try and take my time and almost lull you into trouble. Um, like the Ortiz rematch? Yeah, but... but Tyson knew that that was going to be his plan and if you want to start slow guess what I'm not going to let you start slow you know and, and that was sort of sort of the idea there I think in the in the trilogy 
Wilder will come out and look to start fast. I think he'll go for broke. And he's a dangerous man. If he's letting his hands go and starting fast and, and with a high punch volume, he's dangerous. The most dangerous man in the world. So it could be um, something that you have to be wary of early on. But then I just believe Tyson taking over and it being, and the rest of the fight, I feel like the very early part could be, have a different look upon it, but the outcome will be the same in terms of Tyson stoppage, potentially a little bit earlier this time. I'm not sure if you saw some comments from Tyson, he made to Bogan about uh, Deontay Wilder and a potential fight against Anthony Joshua and White. He says Deontay wipes a pair of them out with ease, like he did to Dominic Brazil. What do you think about that, that statement? Yeah, I mean, it, it does make sense. I think that the, the, the problem is now is Wilder, how's Wilder's mentality? How's his confidence? Because, and this is a conversation I had with Tyson before, uh, before the first fight about Tyson doing what he did in the Klitschko fight wasn't going to work against Wilder because Wilder's the type of guy that's going to take risks. Um, will he still be willing to take those risks? And when it, him being so light and so fast and so long, be able to obviously punch so hard. When he took those risks, his athleticism made him first to it, first to the punch. And that speed is is very very dangerous. But but relying on speed and taking so much distance in one huge mm -hmm. movement can be risky but like I say because of his athleticism he got away with it but will he be taking doubts now will he be that split second slower not so much physically but mentally should I should I not go and that split second can be the difference between you nailing them first or getting caught on the way in um, so that'll be an interesting one but I always look at Wilder similar to Thomas Hearns in terms of you know frame size big puncher um, you know, and Thomas Hearns got blew away and come back and, and, and dealt with it and was mentally strong enough. And I'd like to, to believe that after the trilogy with Tyson, Wilder would be able to come back from that. Um, so I think stylistically it would have been a very difficult fight for the pair of them. But again, like I said before, Anthony Joshua is an improving fighter. He's worked on areas that were a weakness. I always looked at his style like an old gunslinging match who ever landed first because Big heavyweights exchanging shots, standing tall, repetitive punch patterns. In, in my opinion, it was a matter of time before you know someone else landed first, and that happened with Ruiz. He went away, he made some adjustments, and he's an improving fighter, and, and now shown some versatility. So that becomes an intriguing matchup, in my opinion. But from before, I would have said the same thing: Wilder, early. He still firmly believes there's only two people to beat Deontay Wilder himself. Alexander Usyk, he said. Usyk? Mm -hmm. To beat Wilder. He, he only sees two people in the division beating Wilder. He said himself and Usyk. What mm. Tyson said. Potentially Usyk. Potentially. Just worried about his size against the big boys? Yeah. But again, listen, it's a hard, it's a hard one because the mentality in boxing Listen, fighters for years have had perfect training camps come to the night and fights have been won and lost in the changing room. So yeah. I think his, men, his mentality after what he's, the defeat that he suffered will be an interesting one.
Dylan's been calling strongly for this Fury fight. Of course, he is WBC mandatory, whatever that means nowadays. Um, and he's saying, scrap the Wilder thing, even though there's a contract, give me the fight. What do you think about that potential fight? He is mandatory for Fury. What do you think about that, Dylan and Tyson? Listen, it's a great fight for Britain. Great fight for, for Dillian. Great fight for Tyson. But obviously the contract was already agreed that there's got to be this trilogy to take place. Um, and look at that when it comes around. If it comes around, there might be a different path for Dillian along the way. By the time that comes around, not sure. Um, obviously, I believe that Tyson's the best heavyweight in the world. So, and I just don't see... I believe the only chance there was of beating him was that first fight against Wilder. And I said to you, I still believed that Tyson would and could win that fight. But I just felt like taking it that little bit too early just meant the percentages were just a little bit... Yeah. He, he, was, he was making it a closer fight than it needed to be and taking more of a risk than he needed to take. But, you know, I still believe that he won that first fight. Um, and now he's, he's on a roll and he's in his flow and he's physically 100%, mentally 100%. I can't see, I can't see any of them touching him. It's been now over half a year since obviously uh, it ended with you and Tyson in a, in a working capacity. Now when you look back at that whole journey, one of the best sporting comeback stories, whatever you like, of all time, you was right at the forefront of it. How do you look back at it then? Yeah, brilliant. You know, I still keep in contact with him. Um, it was an amazing journey. Still is an amazing journey. Um, fantastic times, fantastic people. I just come off the phone there to Tim. Yeah. Um, you know, we all still keep in touch, and I just come off. We've been on the, the phone to Isaac as well. Um, spoke to Tyson the other day. So, you know, it's uh, it's great. I don't see why things have to would have to go that bitter way that they usually end up going in boxing. It's, it's great to be able to all keep in touch and and uh, hopefully that stays the same, you know. Last thing, Ben, before I let you go, obviously this is a wide problem uh, in boxing. I want to talk about Peds. We've just had Jerome Miller pop again. Um, obviously we, we had him uh, fail for the Anthony Joshua fight and uh, he's failed again, so he hasn't fought on the top rank. Uh, just uh, a reaction to that, and also just the wider issue of heads in boxing, man. Oh, I don't know. Mate, madness, but. I don't, I, do you know what? It can't, I can't even comprehend what was going through his mind, to be honest with you, but. Peds in boxing, I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, there's people, athletes in all sports that, that do that sort of thing. Um, I don't know. I couldn't tell you how. You clamp on it because he didn't get a ban the first time with the Anthony Joshua fight. Yeah, I don't, no idea, mate. How how you how you work that one out? Like I say, listen, it's it's obviously um, happens in all sports. But how prevalent it is, I couldn't tell you. Um, but when things like this happen, it just it you know it makes me feel a little bit better because I think well things are being done you know and hopefully that's it for him and boxing now. And I don't mean that in a horrible way, but I think you know there's no other way to deal with this than that. 
Did he fail one kickboxing as well? Or he did, I believe, in kickboxing. Uh, the second time was uh, before the end of your fight. And obviously, the third time when Coppinger put out that tweet, I sent it to you and you didn't believe me. Yeah, I, I, I was just a bit like, I thought under under who who took the test, under what uh, was it under Varda? I'm not too sure. I know the the Joshua stuff was under Varda. I'm not too sure, but it was one of the same substances he had failed for before. Um, GW15, I believe it is. Madness, mate. But listen, if if you if you're being caught like that then you know my, the, the only way to deal with that is this clear obvious trying to gain an unfair advantage um, you can't how many times can you make a mistake so yeah I'd write listen it's hard because you don't want to go you get people that go screaming from the rooftops but it just makes me feel a little bit better that at least hopefully something's being done about these things happening in boxing so okay then those best of luck uh, with josh billy and shabazz for the rest of the camp thanks for having me over yeah, sure. is there anything you want to add no that's it mate okay all right thanks very much and uh, we'll catch up soon all right